Hey family, it's Pastor Travis and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember your past is gone, your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. Somebody say that with me. Here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land Moriah and offer him there the burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. You know, it's a test when it involves something that you love. This is the first time in the Bible the word love is mentioned. And so God knows we love him when we're willing to give him what we love. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. I love the confidence here. He says, we're going to come back to you. We're going to come back to you. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. I was praying about this, and the Lord told me that the next level is personal. That, that true worship will cost you something. I love this because Abraham knew that he had to lay this net sacrifice down himself. It wasn't corporate. It wasn't a corporate act because there are some things that only involves you. There's some things that God is requiring of you that are personal. And I think many times we wait on others for us to be obedient. Like, like I'll apologize when they apologize. Or I'll stop cheating when she starts respecting me. I'm going to watch this because everybody else is watching it. But if God is giving you an instruction for you, hear me, it's because he's trying to get something to you for you. Verse 6. So Abraham, he took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife. The two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. He was like, yo, 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 dad, let's talk real quick. And he said, here I am. My son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, y'all be careful with this one. God will provide for himself. Boy, it's hard for me not to get stuck there. God will provide for who? For himself. When God gives a word, he takes personal responsibility to see it through. He never released anything out of his mouth that his arms are too short to accomplish. God will provide for himself. If God told you something, he gets his own self involved. <laughs> he said, you don't worry about the lamb. God is going to provide it for himself. They went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there. Placed the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But... 
the angel. I love buts in the Bible. The Bible got big buts and it cannot lie. But the angel, it can't lie. Angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Here we go again. Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the ladder, do anything to it. Hey, it's, it's, it's very important, ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord starts speaking that you keep listening. How tragic would it have been for Abraham to take the initial instruction and turn his ear off? God said, kill him, I'm going to kill him. Tell somebody to keep your ears open. Do not lay a hand on him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld what matters to you the most. <laughs> your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. I thought he said God was going to provide a lamb. The reason there was a ram and not a lamb because there was a lamb coming later on. John the Baptist said, here comes a lamb that's slain for the foundation of the world. And God didn't want us to get confused with this substitute. It was just a substitute. There was a lamb that was coming that was going to be much better than a ram. Not just a temporary sacrifice, but blood that could cover you for atonement for your past, present, and future sins. I need somebody. I know it ain't easy anymore, but to praise God for the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I don't know if the Holy Ghost had a five-hour energy drink, but I feel like preaching up in this Methodist church today. I'm going to read this verse from the King James Version. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be seen. I'm going to preach a message. Y'all help me do it real fast. Simply called, I know Jireh. Punch three people in the shoulder and tell them, I know Jireh. I might not know your name, but I know his name. I know Jireh. Come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. I know Jireh. If you know him, give him a praise real quick. I love this church, man. I love this church. I'm telling you, if I lived anywhere near Columbia, I would go to this church. If I went to pastor, I'd be a host. I'd be on the door. Come sit this way. Follow me. And I'll praise all the way to the... I know Jireh. I know Jireh. I know him. I know him. I know him. This word has been burning in my heart for several weeks now. Because... I know what it's like to have a lot for some, and I also know what it's like to have a little. I love these kids that say I'm broke, but they go on Jordans. No, you ain't broke unless <laughs> you know Jordashes. I had on, I had three people dunking on my shoes. I was that broke, and <laughs> talking about real broke, y'all. I'm talking about eating grits for dinner. I'm talking about going to restaurants with friends and acting like I'm fasting. Because the only thing I could afford was a glass of water. See, you ain't never been that broke. I'm talking about real broke. And, and I'm grateful for the journey that the Lord has had me on because it's because of the journey that I can stand here with confidence and conviction. This ain't something I read or heard about. No, ladies and gentlemen, I met 
Jaira. Yeah, I heard the songs about him and I read the scriptures about him. I heard the preaching about him. But I met Jaira for myself. He got many names in the Bible. And they all speak directly to his nature. One of the names is Jehovah Nisi. And his name means the Lord is my banner. Come from Exodus 17 when there was a war. Joshua was out fighting the Amalekites and they were getting beat up. But every time Moses would lift his hands, somehow the battle would start going in the favor of Joshua's army. I was wondering why was it significant that he lifted his hands? I don't know if it reminded God of the cross that was coming a few hundred years later. I don't know if it was a sign of surrender. I don't know, but there are some battles. Here's what I do know. That God is waiting on you to take your mouth and your hands off of. You're not anointed to change your husband. Come on, I'm coming down your road. Some of y'all need to learn how to just say, God, I surrender for the battle is not mine, Yolanda Adams, but it belongs to. And the Bible says after they won the battle, Moses built an altar, and he named the place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. I love the kings in the Bible. We serve the king of kings, and there's King David that's in the Bible. And, and then out of the Bible, there's other kings. There, there's, there's King LeBron James, and, and there's... The king of Akron. I said outside of the Bible, outside of the Bible. The one thing I enjoy about basketball is that every time they win, USC can testify, they will lift up a banner. The banner is a symbol that reminds me every time I step on the field, every time I step on the court, it reminds me of the battles that I already won. But that's not the only benefit of the banner. Can I tell you the benefit of the banner that I love the most? It reminds the enemies that step. Anybody who dare walk on our court, you're going to be reminded real fast that we already won this before are there any people in this room that got some battles that you said i already ruined that before no 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 no. you got to come better than just a mercedes and and a few hundred dollars i already won that battle before you can't fool me no no gold digger you look cute but i know what you really want. i already won that battle before jehovah nisi he's my banner jehovah sit canoe the lord my righteousness he is my righteousness. I love this one because it means I'm only right because of him. <laughs> there ain't enough makeup to cover your flaws. Uh, you think you done moved past it, but every time you go back to that hometown with one red light, they quit to call you by your old nickname. Don't look at me in that tone of voice because you know you used to be nasty and I'm talking about 2011. You ain't been saved all your life. You weren't born on a communion table. People remember what you did, but I'm so glad that every time God looks at me, he sees his son that covers me by his blood. Are there any people up in this sanctified bougie church that's grateful that you're covered by the blood of Jesus? What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of He is my righteousness. He's my righteousness. I'm only right because He's right. <laughs> I'm only right because He's right. You don't hear what I'm telling you. I'm not right 
because I pay my tithes and my offering. I'm not right because I got perfect attendance in church. I'm not right because I don't look at her booty when she walked by. No, I am right because he's right. I'm right because there was a perfect lamb that was slain. You don't like this religious people, but I'm coming anyway. It's grace. It's scandalous. It don't make no sense, and it ain't cheap. It cost him everything to cover up my nastiness. So I'm not going to let no church folks, no religious system, I'm not going to let anybody put me in the nation of the condemned condemnation and keep me horse hostage to my past. I've been washed in the blood of his name and Jehovah sick canoe my righteousness. He's my righteousness. There's another name. Jehovah Elyon. The Lord most high. This means, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even supposed to be taking this long on these points, but I feel y'all pushing me. Tell somebody, stop pushing them. This means the Lord is sovereign. He is sovereign. He is the potter. I am the clay. He is sovereign. He is alpha and he is the omega. It means that my life is nothing but a rerun. You know how you sit down and watch good times? He's just looking at what he already seen before. Because he's not just at the beginning. He's all the way at the end already. So when he gives me a word, he's not guessing. He's not scratching his head. He's not wishing. He can speak for confidence because he is alpha and omega. He is sovereign. He's in control. He's above all. He doesn't bow down the time. He created it. That's how he can speak to your womb, Sarah, when you're 90 years old and still cause a baby to come forth because he's outside of time. He can't bow to what he created. There is no calculator. There is no calendar that can bound him or hold him hostage because he is sovereign. El Yon. Sovereign. Jehovah Mekadesh. The Lord who sanctifies. He is my sanctifier. This means he's the one who set me apart. I stop apologizing to people for the favor on my life. I'm so sorry. I didn't ask to be sanctified. I didn't ask to be set apart. I didn't, for some reason, I just got, when I show up, the line just opens up and they say, Mr. Green, come to the front. They don't even know who I am, but he knows who I am. So I get promotions that I don't deserve. I get parking but Y'all ain't saying nothing. That I, Every time I pull up the Target and I get a front parking space, I say, thank you, God, and I'm a tither. He has set me apart again. My sanctif- you've been set apart. Ooh, I wish you'd step on somebody open toe sandals and tell them you've been set, you've been set apart. You've been set apart. You that's why you try to do what they do, but it just don't feel the same to you. Cause you've been set. Uh, it used to feel good, but now you feel nasty all of a sudden. Cause you've been set. Uh, you didn't call yourself. There is a great God who's called you by name. You have been set apart. He's my sanctifier. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. He's a very present help. He's present. Present. <laughs> he never sends me into territory that he hadn't already worked out for me. No, you didn't hear what I just said. 
Before there was a problem, there was a plan. Before there was a struggle, there was a strategy. He is my present help. So that means that he goes before me. He's where I am before I even get there. There are no surprises to God. All I got to do is march around the wall. He's the one who kicks it down because he's preset. You don't hear what I'm telling you. He's a present help. It don't matter where I find myself. I could be in the club dropping it like it's H-O-T and he's right there because he's present everywhere. At the same time, in your house, in my house, in your heart, in my heart, at the, he is a present help. Jehovah Sabaoth, that means he is the Lord of hosts. Oh, I love this one. He is a God of angel armies. Did you know that God got to be careful about what he say? I don't know if you knew that. He's not like us. He can't just say whatever. He, you know, we just say whatever. You get on my nerves and I hate your face. You know what? I just wish your big toe would fall off. God can't talk like that. Because your big toe would fall off. He's a God who cannot lie. He literally cannot lie. Do you know why he cannot lie? It's not that he don't want to lie. It's that everything he says becomes the truth. So he literally can't lie. God's words are so powerful that, and I don't want to waste your time with this, but God's words are so powerful that when he releases a word, there are agents that bring it to pass. The Bible tells us. When he said, let there be light, the word of God is active, and it goes and make it possible. That's why the Bible says no word can return to him void. Because when he releases a word, the, the words go out from his mouth and create whatever it is that he said. It creates it. Oh, this is good news. That means if God has said anything concerning you or your family. This ain't for everybody. This is for 20 people and 12 year old. If God has released any word about your finances, about your health, about your future marriage, about your kids. If God has said anything about your, he's not a man that he should lie. So if he said it, that means that there are words that are waiting to come into manifestation. They're just, what if I told you they're just waiting on your faith to rise and for your praise to go to another level. Don't give me everybody. Give me 50 people that know you got a word hanging over your life. Sean, I got a word. So when he says it, his army goes and performs it. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Woo! The Lord is peace. I love that. I love that. Yesterday we had a, my, my little son turned three years old, John John. Yeah. yeah can't believe it and um and and when we had a little party for him and in my mother's hometown and so we're there and we took him out on this little boat and they had little pirates and stuff and the boat was just shaking and there were some people before they even got on the boat was like was like you got any drama mean <laughs> i mean they was acting like crackheads hey you got any you got any because there's something about being out on the water well, you know, you don't have as much control as you used to. Not only was Jesus out on the water, but the water was now getting on the boat. Jesus was asleep. How you sleep and a boat is going down? 
Jesus is asleep because he is the prince of peace. And so when he speaks to the storm, he said, peace, be still. In other words, water, you have to respond to me. But why was he frustrated to talk to the water? He was frustrated and he said, oh, ye of little faith. My God, y'all done woke me up from this nap. He was frustrated, man of God, because they were forcing him to speak to a storm that he had already spoken to. You can't just read the Bible, Elijah. You got to read the Bible. And the Bible says before he even takes his nap, he says, let us go to the other side. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he wasn't just speaking to the disciples. He was speaking to the weather forecast. He said, hurricane, I see you. He said, wind, I see you. Waves, I see you. Cancer, I see you. Molestation, I see you. Divorce, I see you. Mind games, I see you. Anxiety, I see you. But we going to the other side. And the Prince of Peace had the audacity to take a nap because he already said it. I know when you receive his word, when you're resting and not stressing. If God already said it, then it's already handled. That's a word. <laughs> Tell somebody, if he said it, it's handled. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who leads and guides me. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. He is a healing God. By his stripes, we are healed. And each of these names, as you can see, are worthy of their own sermon. They're worthy of seven minutes of explanation. They're worthy of their own shout. And they all remind me of the magnitude and the limitless power of our God. But these are not just names to read about. These are names to experience. <laughs> I just got a question. Has anybody experienced the righteous one? Has anybody experienced the banner, the one that sanctifies, the present help, the Lord of hosts, the God of peace, the shepherd, and the one who heals? His name is to be experienced. And something interesting happens in the text, ladies and gentlemen, in verse 14. King James Version says, Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord... It shall be seen. But in the New King James, I don't know who the New King James was, but the New King James said, in the mind of the Lord, it shall be provided. So I asked the book questions. I said, which is it? Is it the old King James, Blair, or is it the new King James? Jehovah Jireh doesn't mean to be seen or doesn't mean to be provided. You want to know what the book told me? It means both. What he's literally is saying is that what God's about to do, you're going to see it. You didn't hear what I just said. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will see the promises that he spoke to your grandma and your great-grandpa concerning your... You think you're the only one who prayed for yourself? Somebody prayed for you. Had you on their mind. Took the time to pray for you. You're going to see it in your lifetime. You're going to see it. Press down. Shaking together. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Press down. Shaking together. Well, if it's pressed down and shaking together, it's contained. The only way I can see it is if it's running over. 
I don't need everybody. I'm trying to get off this stage. Give me 30 people that know that the next one about to be running over. You better have so much leftovers, you're going to have to find people to share it with. You're going to see it. Everything he promised you. You're going to see it. Miracles, signs, and wonders, you will see it. Healing, breakthrough, deliverance, you will see it. When he does it, you'll see it. But I love this. He said, Travis, tell them they're not the only ones who are going to see it. Everybody connected to you going to see it. Everybody follow you on the gram going to see it. The goodness of God going to be undeniable, uncontainable, unexplainable. Shout, you going to see it. I know, Jaira. The Bible says Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. He called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. I asked the book questions. Is Jireh your name or the place name? He didn't name God Jehovah Jireh. He named the altar Jehovah Jireh. You don't want to know what he told me. He said, Travis, Jaira is seen in any place you can point to and know that it had to be God. I dare you to push somebody and tell them Jaira about to show up. He about to show up. He about to show up. When people see your next miracles, all you're going to be able to say is, yep, that was Jaira. When people see that you went from an apartment to that kind of house, they're going to say, yep, that was Jaira. When folks see you from being single to being married, they're going to say, wait a minute, that was Jaira. When folks see how quick we pay off the construction for this building, we're just going to say, yep, that was Jaira. When you're the first one to graduate in your whole family, yep, that was Jaira. Any place you can point to and say it had to be God. All right. First half was for the Pentecostals. Second half for the Baptists. Because y'all like, give me four points now so I can apply them to my I need application. <laughs> I don't want no application. I just want to shout. <laughs> Here go your four points. How does she gyra? Number one, admit where you are. 22.1 came to pass, God tested him and said, Abraham, he said, here I am. I don't know if you noticed it, but three times in verse 1 and verse 7 and verse 11, he said, here I am. Here's why this is important, because you'll never have clear direction about where you're going if you don't first recognize where you are. Here I am. I made some very poor financial decisions and I done ran my credit up. Here I am. See, super spiritual people don't like admitting where you are. But unless you admit where you are, you can never change where you're going. Here I am. And if you don't admit where you are, then chances are you repeat, you'll repeat the same thing and end up in the same place. Here I am. Here I I'm not going to make excuses. This is who I am right now. Here I, I like showing my body on TikTok because I don't believe my personality is enough for their attention. Here I, it got quiet on that side. Here I am. I watch pornography because I don't want to cheat on my wife, but, but Jesus said in Matthew 5 that it's actually the same thing. Here I am. 
I cheat on my taxes and adopt every kid in the neighborhood. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here, here I am. I have to drink every night because I struggle with being single and successful. And it's the only way I can deal with my anxiety, with my misery, and with my horniness. Here I am. Abraham says, before I even follow an instruction, I have to admit where I am. I'm unhappy. Here I am. I'm uninspired. Here I am. I'm unsure. I, I feel called, but I also feel unqualified at the same time. Here I am. And admitting where you are is not saying that you're proud of where you are. It's just saying, I can't get past this place until I first acknowledge it. And when you, ooh, catch this, when you want to admit where you are, God will help you. Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Adam, where are you? Well, Pastor, I thought you said he Alpha and Omega. I thought you said my life was a rerun of Family Matters. Yeah, yeah, he knows where you are. When he asks you a question, it's not because he's trying to discover something. He's trying to get you to admit where you actually are. Here I am. Here I am. Hey, before my navigation can tell me where to go, Ain't it annoying? I don't know what's up with Waze. Do they doing y'all phones? I got to turn the Wi-Fi off now. That's like a new update just for it to calculate. And then it starts calculating. Before it can tell me where to go, it first has to find out where I am. And this is how you see Jireh. Number one, admit where you are. Number two, find where he is. Verse two. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. In other words, God says, go here and do this. Catch this. Radical instructions lead to radical provision. You keep waiting on God to do the next thing and you haven't obeyed the last thing. Quit waiting for your understanding to be obedient. Well, God, if I could just understand what you're up to, then I can follow you much better. And God says, what well, you got to recognize is that your finite, limited mind can never understand what God is up to. Because as far as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways and thoughts apart from ours. God says, don't wait on your understanding to be obedient. Once Abraham admitted where he was, he could find where God was. How to see Jireh? Admit where you are, find where he is. Number three, look where you're headed. Verse four, on the third day. Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar off. I love this. When I was reading this, the Lord said, tell him, you got to have a vision. He's a God who gives provision to the vision. Write the vision, make it plain. I've never met so many lazy Christians who want to praise God for something they haven't written down. I'm going home. I'm going to Cracker Barrel. I love y'all. That's it. You, that's too much for y'all today. I can tell you don't want this. You don't want this. Because all you want to do is jump around and spin around. He going to do it. He going to do what? 
You haven't prayed long or hard enough. You haven't fasted enough to have a clear vision of what he wants to do. I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to fuss at y'all no more. Sorry. I want to be a nice preacher like my friend Joe Osteen. If you're right for vision, <laughs> must have a vision. And I love this because the Bible says he saw it afar off. He saw the place from a distance. Oh, catch this. If you're a note taker, catch this. Distance. That means that I have direction, but not details. Distance. I see something coming. I see a breakthrough in the future. I see a new building. I see God providing this. I have a direction. I just don't have the details. God said, Travis, go lay hands on the Best Buy every day. Because the building is already yours. I had direction, but we ain't had no money. God says, I take care of the details. Ah, you just follow direction. What if I told you that the next miracle was waiting on you to walk by faith and not by sight? Hey, Moses, I'm going to split the Red Sea, but y'all got to step up first. I am in the detail. Don't worry about how I'm going to do it. You just obey the instruction. I need you to punch somebody and tell them God is in the details. I'm headed in the right direction. I just got to trust him with the details. To get to the destination. See, we want details before we want movement. And it don't work like that. Obedience starts with direction, not with details. And here's the reality. If you won't be obedient with the direction. You won't be obedient with the details, Abraham. <laughs> so I'm going to show you what I'm talking about from afar off. And you just head in the right direction. And let me do the details. How does he direct? Admit where you are. Follow where he is. Look where you're headed. Number four, and we're going to roll up out of this piece. Worship on the way. Yeah. Verse five. Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder to worship. And we're going to come back. We're gonna, do you know this is the first place in the Bible the word worship is mentioned? Jira shows up where worship is. Here's what God told me this morning. I was praying, and this is like one of the last things that he gave me, and I was so excited about it because I don't think I ever saw it before because I have taught. I know Genesis 22 almost by heart. I love this text because it's where worship and love are first mentioned in the Bible. I'm a worshiper. I've studied this, but God told me something I never saw before, and I love the Bible because it's alive. Every time you flip it open, you can see something you never saw before. God told me something this morning, and I'm not going to assume you want to know what he told me. All right, all right, all right. This is what he said, Bree. He said, worship didn't start at the top of the mountain. See, I was like you. I thought that they were going up to work. And when he bind, when he, when he gets Isaac tied down, and when, when he lifts up the knife, that was worship. No, 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 no. The Lord told me this morning that worship is not the sacrifice. Ooh, this has messed up your theology. It got me too, because I always thought worship is sacrifice. You got to lay it down. Once you lay it down and you get the knife, that's worship. God said, no, Travis, 
can't just read the Bible. Read the Bible. Worship is not sacrifice, Mike. Worship is obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, so worship didn't start when he got to the top of the mountain. Every step of obedience was an act of worship to God. I don't know you're a worshiper by the slow song that you sing and the tears that come down your mascara running on Sundays. No, that's not what defines a worshiper. A worshiper is even when I don't feel it, I'm walking in the direction that you're calling me to. Uh uh. Even when it's not convenient for me, I'm still going to obey you. Even when it don't feel good to me, I'm still going to obey you. Even when I'm hungry, I'm still going to turn that plate upside down. That's worship. Worship is obedience. It's obedience. It's obedience. It's obedience. It's like the tithe. The tithe is not 10%. We've taught that all wrong. Give God 10%. That's the tithe. No, it's not the Bible. Tithe is not 10%. 10% is a sacrifice. It's not the tithe. The tithe is the first 10%. The first is not just a sacrifice. It's obedience. And here's the difference. I give to him what belongs to him in faith, believing that he's going to take care of the rest. See, if it's the last 10%, it's a sacrifice, but it doesn't require any faith. And everything that God wants from you has to have faith in the equation. Am I preaching? It has to have faith in the equation. So God says, I'm not just looking for your sacrifice. What did I tell you? Ooh. You take me just as I am. What did I tell you? That's not your worship. Oh, you thought, you thought the slow, you thought because Sundays you put the radio on the gospel station, that's worship. No, 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 no. Worship is not a song. Worship is a lifestyle of obedience. What did he say? And can I tell you something? The Bible says work out your own soul salvation. There are stuff that he tells me that don't apply to you. There are times he called me to fast, ain't got nothing to do with you. There's movies he tell me not to watch. You can watch them. But as for me and my house, God has given me an instruction and every time I obey him it is worship this is why the bible says in john chapter 4 the father seeking such that would worship him in spirit and in truth wait a minute wait a minute how is the all-seeing all-knowing one having to search for anything it's like 800 or something people in the church and yet he's seeking Have you ever lost your keys before and you was in a rush? Go to Amazon and get you a key finder. It is a game changer. But you start looking everywhere. The word seek means to seek. That's meaning it's not easily found. Woo. That means it could be a church full of people with their hands lifted, but he's still having to search for the one who's actually obedient when they leave church. So he says, he says, he says, I want your obedience. I want your obedience. And the way to see Jireh, admit where you are, follow where he is, look where you're headed, and worship on the way. I'm done right here. I was praying and the Lord told me to tell you this. When you meet Jireh, it will be generational. When you meet him, it'll be generational. Do, do you know, on that mountain, when God told Abraham to go up there, to do the unthinkable, 
Abraham had confidence that even, this is what Hebrew says, even if he would have presented him as a burnt offering, he knew that God would raise the ashes. This is why Abraham, the father of faith, because he knew if I obey a crazy instruction, watch this, it does not delete the crazy promise. Because God already gave me a promise concerning, hear me prophetically, the child that he's asking me to give back to him. Some of y'all about to get your rest back. Because you stand up all night over a child that God says belong to me. You didn't give yourself, I know, you, I know what you did in that hotel on that foggy Friday night. But you didn't give yourself that child. God is the only giver of life. God says, give back to me the thing you love. Now watch this, watch this. When you meet Jireh, it will be generational. Because Abraham wasn't the only one on the mountain. There was another man on the mountain. Her name was Isaac. And because Abraham met Jireh, so did Isaac. Hey, that, we, we put a lot of credit for Abraham. Rightly so. I can't imagine laying down John John with a butcher knife. I just, God, I just, you know, if this really you, you're going to have to, you know, come out the sky. <laughs> Walk up to me. But the real hero ain't just Abraham. Because if you study this, history tells us that Isaac wasn't a little boy when this happened. He was a grown, musty man. Watch this. Following his father's obedience. And because his father was obedient, I need you to hear me, what I'm telling you. Travis, because of your obedience. Elijah, because of your obedience. Chuck, because of your obedience. Jabari, because of your obedience. There's someone watching who's going to meet Jaira through you. Now, here's, here's the bomb. I'm going to drop this and I'm done. Abraham? Oh, Isaac wasn't the only one up there either. Because if you go to Google and look out how kids are made, don't do that. You'll find out scientifically that men carry seed. So when Isaac was on the mountain, so was Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. You hear me tonight? One of the 12 sons' name was Levi, who's the forefather of the man who met Jehovah Nisi, Moses. The fourth son name happened to be, we talked about him last week, Judah, whose name means praise. But Judah is the forefather of David, 
who is the forefather of Jesus. So when Isaac was on the mountain, I got to go home. 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 Not only Isaac was on the mountain, but the legacy and the generations attached to him met the gyra that he met. Oh my God. No wonder Jesus can have so much confidence going into the tomb. He said, I know Jairus. There's a Holy Spirit that's going to get me back up in three days. Can I tell you something? Your obedience is bigger than you. It's bigger than your convenience. It's bigger than your comfort. It's bigger than what you feel like doing, what you want to do. There is a generation attached to the Jairus that God wants to introduce you to. And can I just tell you this? This is why the attack is so hard on you. Crystal, you got to hear me, baby. This is why the attack is so hard on you. It has really little to do with you, Mary. <laughs> the devil never bothered you, Mary, until you got pregnant. She never dealt with a life threat, never dealt with nothing. You be taking these attacks personal. It ain't you. It's what you carry. Because the sanctifier sets you apart and put something on the inside of you, Javon, that's greater than you. Can I tell you something? This surrender is so important. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you when I'm done. The reason the attack is so hard is because you are a generational curse breaker. We talk a lot in church. We talk a lot in church about generational curses. But we don't talk enough about Abraham. Generational blessings. David had a lot of battles. One of them was Goliath. Solomon had a lot of battles, but Goliath wasn't one of them. Because there's some things you're going to kill once and for all. That your children, that the employees on your job, that your classmates, that your neighbors, that everybody attached to you are going to be free. Because you're a curse breaker. Lift your hands. Don't. 
over your life only if you want to receive it you don't have to that you're going to enter soon into a season where you're going to look back at that stone and say yeah that, that was Jared only God could do that <laughs> Woo, I feel Jesus only God could do. I wasn't qualified for it. The first bank said no. Only God could do. Send me somebody to love me for me and my kids like they belong to. Only God could do that. Hey, I just came to tell you your story isn't over. How do I know that? You're not the author. You don't have the right to decide when it's over. I'm sorry, that one almost knocked me out. I want to come against every spirit of depression and suicide. No, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. I want you, you don't have the right to decide when it's over. It's not your book. Lift your hands and surrender. I feel the presence of God. He's breaking it. Show take He's breaking that depression. He's breaking that anxiety. He's breaking that stress. God can do in his presence what therapy takes too long to do sometimes. God can do in his presence what anxiety pills can do. No, no, no. God can break it once and for all. He's not just a ram, he's a lamb. Come on, come on, surrender, surrender, surrender. I feel a move of God. I feel a move of God right where you are. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. If you'll surrender, the Holy Spirit himself will lay his hands on you. Come on, surrender, surrender, surrender. Abraham taught us that the highest form of worship is yes. I don't have the details, but my answer is yes. I got a direction and that's my answer is yes. Oh, praise the one who paid my 
passion must go now. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. Depression must go now, now. Your love, your love never fails. Your love never fails. Depression must go now. Your love, your love never fails. Depression must go now. Come on, you about to get your rest back. Depression must go now. Come on, sing it from your heart. Your love. Everybody standing for one moment. I want to pray for you. If you're far from the Jesus we've been singing about. Jaira, Nisi, Sabaoth, Shama, Zikanu, Makadesh, they're all spelled the same. J-E-S-U-S. He has a name and his name is Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity like we do every week. To give your heart to him for the first time or the first time in a long time. We do, we've been doing this for almost six years. Every Sunday and every Sunday, people give their lives to Christ. On the count of three, there are going to be dozens of hands that go up around this building. If you're far from them, don't be left out. It's your new birthday. Give them your heart. Give them your yes. Hey, I told you, you don't have to know the details. Just the direction. I will look to the hill. From which come my help. All my help comes from the direction of the cross. So give them your heart. This is your moment. I'm going to count to three. Hands are going to go up. If you're far from them, be one of them. It's your moment. You ready? One, two, just you and God. Eyes closed. I'm giving them my heart for the first time and the first time in a long time. I'm coming back to Jesus. One, two, three. Real high. Lift it real high. I see you. Come on, lift it real high. Come on, I see you. I see you. I see you. We got a young man. I see you. You mean that thing too. I see you in the back. I see you all the way up top. I see you. I see you. He's not just the guy on the front row. He's the guy on the back row. I see you at home. Come on, lift your hands right where you are. Sitting at your computer with your phone in your hand. Give him your heart. Hey. If that was you, lift that hand high. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We've all been there. Lift that hand high. We're going to pray together. Repeat after me real loud. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. All that I am belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me from the inside out. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so I don't have to stay down. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I need everybody in this room to give them a real loud crazy person. Your love, your love, your love never fails. Hey, one more time. If that was you and you lifted your hand to give them your heart or to rededicate your life, wave at me. I want to see you one more time. I'm so proud of you. I'm, hey, man, I'm proud of you. Baby girl, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, brother. Hey, take that same hand. There's information on the screen right now. Use that hand. Grab your phone. Please, it's so important. 
scan this code or text save to that number. Please, please, please. It's just our way to reach out to you over the next 24 hours. We're just going to reach out to you one time. We're going to call you and pray with you, let you know you're not alone. The first trick that the enemy is going to play on you is isolation. And it's our job to let you know you're not alone. You got a family that believes in you. You're not your past. I want to say it again. You are not your past. As a matter of fact, you need to declare it. I am not my past. Come on, text save to that number. It's going to take you to a quick uh, a screen. And all you got to do is type your name and your number, your email real quick, real easy. I'm so excited. If God did anything in your heart today, give him a loud praise. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.